0: $5 minimum balance required. Are you working? What kind of work do you do? This is the Punt and Pass Podcast. Touchdown, baby! Now, here are your hosts, two-time All-American punter Drew Butler.
1: Mark Rick would like Drew Butler to hit it a mile in the air.
0: And he did And the SEC's career leader in touchdown passes and completions, Aaron Murray. Touchdown! In stride as he crosses the goal line. Put it right on his hip. What a throw. Now, with the latest from around the SEC and the world of college football, it's the Punt and Pass Podcast. Get to the house! sideline Pylon! Touchdown! But the dogs are on the board first. Victory is mine. Yeah, surprisingly, I believe for your next mistake. I put in work and watch my status escalate. The is Welcome gone, into gone, the gone, Punt gone, and Pass gone, podcast. Gone, I'm your host, Drew plan, Butler. I'm joined man, alongside my co-host, Aaron Murray. We are here. The SEC kicks off their 2020 season this weekend. We're gonna break it all down, have some great storylines and news headlines to touch on as well. But be sure to follow us on social media at Punt and Pass on Twitter and Instagram. I am at Drew Butler. Aaron is at Aaron Murray, 11 and head on over to puntandpass.com. Check out our blog. I wrote up what I think is my SEC game of the week this weekend. You can go ahead and read it, see if you agree or disagree with me. It's got our YouTube page up there. It's got our merchandise. Go ahead and buy some gear. It looks sweet. It'll get you looking right for the entire SEC season. And also, it has everywhere that this podcast is distributed, so check out puntandpass.com. Aaron, you're in San Antonio. You're calling a game Friday. I'm here in Atlanta, Georgia. I'm breathing in this fall air. SEC football is here. We're going to break down all the games. It really is just a a great weekend of college football ahead.
1: Yeah, it's going to be awesome. And uh, luckily for me, the first SEC weekend, they give me a game on Friday night. So I get to do my game. There you go. Uh, Wake up, 7 a.m. flight. I land at 10 o'clock. Gives me plenty of time to get home. Get the get the brews ready. Get the little go. man ready with his milk. We'll get posted up on the couch okay. and uh, get to experience our first father son SEC game day weekend. Good for you. To be his first Georgia game on pump man. Yeah,
0: that's awesome. That's uh, a special time. I
1: may, I may I may cry a little bit on Saturday. Don't, <laughs> don't call me. I
0: would I would I would <laughs> bet that you do cry. I mean I, I've known you for a long time. Aaron Murray's gonna cry with Maddox in his lap watching the dogs. One hundred percent. That will be great. Um, before we even get to it, are you going to cry because who the starting quarterback is going to be? JT Daniels hasn't even been cleared yet. It's Thursday morning, September 24th. We're going to talk about this game, but who's going to start, Aaron?
1: It's, it's DeJuan. It has okay. to be. I mean, at this point, I mean, I, you know, from from going back to the scrimmage and the reps he was given during the scrimmage and, and this time of the ones and the fact that JT didn't get any reps of the ones uh, two weeks out before your first game, uh, I think it was an indication that Dwan was going to be. I think they're really excited about his potential. I mean, kind of talking with the coaches. Uh, they, they love the upside. They obviously understand that, you know, there's a big difference between what a kid looks like in practice and scrimmages and what they're going to look like on game day. I mean, yeah, let's, let's not forget, Dwan hasn't been hit. I know. In a long time. Man. Crazy. I mean, a long time. You know, and that, that matters. Just, first up, and It does matter. I mean, he cause you can feel great in the pocket as a quarterback. You can feel great running in the open field because we know he's going to use his legs. But as soon as that linebacker comes and knocks you in the mouth or the defensive end, or you're trying to run downfield and the DB clips you down at your legs. Yeah. I want to see how does he respond to that? It, like I said, it's been a while since this kid's been, been knocked around a little bit and hopefully he stays pretty clean. Hopefully the offense line does their job uh, and protects well. And hopefully he's smart when he's on the pocket and will slide and get out of bounds and, and all that good stuff. But uh, he, he's the guy uh, I'm excited to see what he can do. Like I said, I think he has all the tools you want. Great arm, yeah. athletic, big kid. There was a beautiful ball. Uh, he just needs reps. He needs the game to slow down for him. And the only way that's going to happen is by playing football. So, uh, yeah, he's 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 the guy. And, no and question. It should be a fun, fun weekend.
0: No question. I mean, you're hearing all the good things from practice. Now it's just time for him to trust it, translate it onto the playing field, and have fun. That's got to be the biggest thing. I mean, how much fun would that be after not even knowing if you're ever going to play football again to most likely be Georgia's starter for the 2020 season at the quarterback position? Happy for Dewan, Hope that happens, and we'll be sure to cheer him on. And I think most everybody probably will, uh, even if you're a Georgia fan or not. Come Saturday. But speaking of Georgia, the news in college football has surrounded the city of Athens and the Georgia Bulldogs program for players who aren't even there right now. A couple of transfers who transferred within the SEC are making headlines, both in or not in their own ways. One being Otis Reese, Aaron over at Ole Miss, who is a defensive back transfer, and the other being Cade Mays. Now, Cade, and I kind of misspoken on this one as well. Cade transferred from Georgia to Tennessee. Obviously, everybody knows the backstory on that. And the NCAA has cleared him, Aaron, to be eligible to play in 2020. However, the SEC has not. Why? Because the SEC rule is clear. And I looked this up yesterday, and I was tweeting about it at Drew Butler. It's very clear. If a student athlete transfers from one SEC member institution to another SEC member institution, they have to to sit out a year. That's right, two full academic semesters you have to sit out. Now, if you're a grad transfer, you can play immediately. Or if there are some limitations to your previous school, like when Ole Miss had their postseason ban, you can play immediately. The other rules do not apply to the Otis Reese or Cade Mays transfer so where do you want to start Aaron we need to break down both of these real quick the Otis Reese one is probably where we should start because he came out with a pretty scathing letter against the University of Georgia citing some racist happenings on campus and then citing a toxic environment within the football program saying Kirby Smart misled him Kirby Smart had lied to him Kirby said stay and play for the rest of 2019 and when you do transfer I will kind of rubber stamp it and support your move. Keep in mind this though, Aaron. Even if Kirby did rubber stamp and support the move, it's irrelevant because the rule states you can't play immediately for another SEC school if you transfer from one. So the 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 rule is clear, but as I tweeted yesterday, the loophole to that rule is clear also. Hurl accusations at your former institution, hire a lawyer like Tom Mars, and you better be able to back up your claims because Georgia came out with a very strong stance and said, look, we can't talk about it, but if Otis wants to sign a release form, we'll go ahead and defend ourselves because what he's saying is probably not true.
1: Yeah, the, the whole situation for, for every transfer you know, nowadays, it's just... Uh, it's craziness. I, I mean, when, we, when you and I were playing, we, we all knew the rules. You want to transfer, you sit out a year. Yeah, exactly. Okay? There was no question about it. Like, when did this all of a sudden turn into, you know, okay, well, let's let some guys play and some guys not play and some guys get these waivers. and uh, it, It's just it, – it's it's unclear. So I think for, for conferences, for the NCAA, they still need to go back and just get this figured out. What is, what is it going to be? Because it, it's just, to me – Everyone looks bad when you're making decisions and, and some guys get in, some guys don't. And you're kind of scratching your head like, well, you know, I feel like that guy's reason was probably better than the other guy's reason, but he didn't get the waiver. So why, what, what is the criteria? What are they talking about behind closed doors? So I think as the NCAA, uh, the conferences just make a rule. Is it going to be, you got to out a year or do you just get one free pass? And yeah. then after that, you have to sit out a year, which I would absolutely love it. You get one, one time. We'll give you a one time option, yep. And if you want to do it again and transfer again, then you got to sit out no matter what, unless maybe you're a grad transfer. But I mean, Sankey was asked about, it and he's like, Listen, there's nothing I can do, exactly. don't, don't come at me. The rules, the rules. If you want to change the members of the NCAA, you need to change the rule, yep. Like, I, I, this is out of my hands, uh, it's out of everyone's hands. It's, it's like you said, you knew as a transfer. If I go to another SEC school, I'm going to have to sit out a year. It is a rule. It is a law within (laughs) SEC football. Why do you feel like you're going to get out of it? It's just crazy to me.
0: It is crazy, and Sankey was on Jock's radio yesterday in Birmingham, and that's exactly what he said. He's like, look, uh, the SEC presidents and chancellors had the opportunity to switch rules this offseason, especially with COVID in play, and this was not one that they addressed. If they want to call an emergency meeting and address it, that's what they do. The commissioner is there to help facilitate those types of decisions. But in Otis Reese's case – all right, am I saying that the things that he is stating happened didn't happen? I, I mean, I no, I don't know. They very well may have. But to come out and give the bad rap to Coach Kirby Smart, that that's unfair because Kirby cannot stick up for himself because they're not allowed, per a rule, to discuss what is happening with transfers who have yet to be deemed eligible elsewhere. So I think it's a little bit of a tough look. Um, and I think it really sucks for Georgia, too, because I had people on Twitter asking me, well, isn't it wrong that UGA isn't supporting him? It's irrelevant because they did let him go, and they, th- whatever they say or don't say doesn't matter because the rule is in place. So I don't the know what's going to happen rule. with yeah. Otis Reese. If he does become eligible to Ole Miss, which it seems unlikely until next year per the yeah. rule, then everybody will support him. But acting like you can just circumnavigate the rules just because you think you know how to do it doesn't make much sense to me, which takes us to our next player, Cade Mays. And Cade was brought back into the news yesterday from Eric Ainge. Eric Ainge, former Tennessee quarterback, now a radio host in Knoxville. He went on the air yesterday and just absolutely aired out some dirty laundry that he said he got from within the Georgia Athletic. Department. He went on his radio show and said Georgia's athletic department and Georgia's football program does have a toxic nature around it. And he rolled with this story. And first off, the fact that he said he got this from somebody on Georgia's staff inside the athletic department is laugh out loud funny. He said that Cade Mays was called bad names from Georgia's coaching staff because he wasn't going to play after he got his wisdom teeth taken out. Cade Mays got on Twitter, Aaron, he he quote tweeted Eric Gaines and said, dude, this is not true. I, I played because I because I could have played, and, and no coach said anything bad about me. Like, why would you run with that, not validate it with Cade if you're right there in Knoxville, and I guess you're so dialed in like Eric Gaines says he is, and then go on this and immediately have the person you're talking about deny the story that you put out there. It was a terrible look, and like I said – the fact that Eric Ainge says that he has inside sources in at Georgia's athletic department on the football staff running to him, spilling the beans, give me a break, dude. I mean, that's an absolutely absurd claim. I feel bad for Kate Mace because it certainly seems like Kate is a great kid. I'm sure Otis Reese is a great kid, but other people are making these things happen because they want them to play immediately. What's Kate and- Mason's getting out of control.
1: Well, because I think everyone in Tennessee right now is kind of feeling the excitement. You yeah, know, we for ended sure. The Good season point. great last year. We got a great offensive line. We had Cade Mays into the mix. All of a sudden, you know, we have a top two offensive line in the SEC. So, you know, let's let's you just stir the rumor mill. <laughs>
0: I know. It's unfortunate,
1: man. Just that people feel like they can just say stuff uh, because of social media, because of their platforms, and uh, just can feel like they can will it to happen. And we're going to will it to happen to to kind of break the rules to get these guys to be eligible to play these years by just spewing nonsense when it comes to this Cade Mays situation right now. And, uh, yeah, I I absolutely love the fact that Cade's like, dude, I'm a football player. I'm a big boy. Even even if the coaches did harass him a little bit. It's football. Sorry. (laughs) Yes the amount of times Bobo harassed me for being softer in my four years, you don't see me. Bitching, no. I mean, like, <laughs> oh, God.
0: It's part of, it's part That's of not football. allowed to be repeated.
1: You know, people are just so soft nowadays. They don't understand these, these kids. I'm not saying these coaches can yell and scream and demean the players, but like there's tons of jabbing that goes on in the locker room between players and coaches. And uh, it's fun. It's uh, it's competitive, but you know, don't be soft about it. So even if there was maybe a little bit thing something said here or there, uh, he's a big boy. Yeah. I'm sure he handled it just
0: fine. Yeah, Cade tweeted at Eric Ange, I got my teeth pulled and played because I could play. I was not forced to nor were any ill words spoken about my situation and then Eric said respect and followed it up by saying this is Eric Ange. UGA has some awkward leaks in their athletic department. If it's not true and makes your own place look terrible, why leak it? What? Dude, no you are, you are you Eric Ainge. Nobody is running to Eric Ainge and giving him information. That's like me coming on here saying, you know, just talk to an assistant coach at Tennessee, and he says Jared is not really the best quarterback for the Volunteers. Well, no shit. I think we all know that, okay? But I wouldn't run and say that I have sources inside Tennessee's athletic department. That is crazy. That is crazy. All right, let's turn our attention to a little bit of football before we start breaking down the games. Week three of punt, pass, and pick, the media released, the SEC media released who they think will be representing the East and West in the SEC championship game. And Aaron, I don't know, to my surprise, but I really guess not, not to my surprise, the media picked Alabama and Florida to be in the sec championship game look this florida cup has been getting filled since late july it is at the brim right now people love dan mullen they love kyle trask who still knows about their wide receiver situation they had some issues during camp florida's defense is going to be good but everybody knows where i stand here murray i just can't buy florida until they knock off georgia so i guess we'll see in about six weeks
1: yeah, listen, I'm sure Kirby's just sitting back loving him. Of like, course. Listen, you know, we're, we're just going to sit here and continue to work and, and figure out our, you know, especially the quarterback situation, and, you know, we'll be fine. Just Y'all you know, just keep filling up Dan Mullen in the right. his head, and making them think like they're unstoppable and blah, 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 blah. blah. But listen, I, I'm I'm interested to see the Georgia game this weekend for the fact that I want to see what Dewan Mathis can do because yeah. I, I think that's, that's, that's the big thing, and, and it really is a big thing. Quarterback play in this league, as we've seen the past few years, is now a thing that's really important. I mean, defense for so long was the big thing. And honestly, Georgia's defense is going to be great. They're going to win them a lot of football games. But what happened last year against LSU? And I'm not saying Kyle Trask is Joe Burrow by any means, but great offenses right now have a little bit of a leg up on defenses in this league and, and, and every league, NFL, college, high school. It's just this whole new RPO thing. Um, it's a numbers game, and defenses are still tr- struggling on finding ways to slow offenses down a little bit. With just how much speed you can put on the field, how spread out these offenses are, uh, the options the quarterbacks have, the choices to put themselves in a better play. So, uh, if the if one goes out there and he looks pretty darn good, and I know it's against Arkansas, but you can still tell if a dude's going to be a baller or yeah. not, or, or at least have a chance to be pretty good by the time they play Florida. Then I'm saying, okay my money's on Georgia to win that game versus Florida. Mm-hmm. If Dewan goes out there and you're like, eh, you yeah. know, he's really green, you know, that it's, it's going to be a push to see maybe by mid is he going to be good enough or not against that Florida team. Then I'm going to say, okay, Florida, I'm, I'm hedging my bet on you because you got Kyle Traff. So I think the big thing is going to be the quarterback position. If he looks decent, I'm not saying Dwan has to be a superstar, of course, but if he looks like he's a guy that can run the offense, take care of the football, Then I give the nod to Georgia because the defense, the run game, I think they got some skill on the outside. I think overall they're a really good football team. Um, But like I said, if if he's not, Kyle Trask to me, as of right now, is the best returning quarterback in the SEC. Is he going to be there at the end of the year? I don't know because I think there's other guys that are more talented than him. For sure. But uh, you know, I've been high on him. I, I think he runs the offense really well. He takes care of the football, he doesn't take sacks, he's very accurate. And uh, I do think the receiving position has been cleared up, those issues that they were having early on in camp. Uh, They got studs around them to help them out and
0: make them look good. All right, Aaron Murray throwing mad love over at Kyle Trask. Yes or no? And again, we're just talking about the media here. Yes or no? If Jamie Newman were the starting quarterback at Georgia, would Georgia be the East pick from the media?
1: Yeah, because I think Jamie had this false – narrative about him that he was his first round pick and yeah. i've been saying it from day one like this kid yeah uh, first round pick. but for some reason everyone thought he was you know if you watch a little bit of film and look look at the stats but if you actually break down the film and know what you're looking at from quarterbacks uh the, the kid was 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 good he wasn't all american he wasn't heisman he wasn't a first round pick i mean he had a lot of work to do to get to that level so um yeah, I'm sure the media World would have picked him because they loved him and they loved the transfer, and That's I, I sure. loved the transfer too. I thought it, I thought it was a good opportunity for him to to get to become a better quarterback, uh, and so I thought it was a win win for everyone. So it's unfortunate for him and it's unfortunate for Georgia, but I do think Dwan potential has more potential to be a better quarterback than Jamie Newman. Um, like I said, I don't know I what he's gonna look that. like when he gets hit in the mouth, but when you just watch him and, and, and know what his, his attributes are as a passer and as a runner. I think overall he could be the better option down the road. Uh, and so you're talking about a guy that if you give him the reps and you know by the time you get to the Florida game, I think he'd be pretty darn good.
0: Yeah, no, I hear you. I hear you loud and clear. And good for him. He gets a, a, a start against Arkansas this weekend, which he will start. be able to ease into it a little bit. Well, we're fired up, and finally the media can stop prognosticating because it's time to talk some sec football but before we get to that we want to let you know that this episode of punt and pass is brought to you by the bowers insurance group the bowers insurance group is an independent insurance agency in roswell georgia that has been serving the southeast since 1984 their goal is to build a policy for your business or family that meets your coverage and your wallet's needs combined If you're interested in a quote, give Chris a call at 770-442-0101 or send him an email at chris at bowersinsgrp.com. Tell him Punt and Pass sent you, and they'll send you a $5 gas card. Everybody could use that. From taking classes on North Campus, marching with the Redcoats, and cheering on the dogs between the hedges, the Bowers Insurance Group has been there with you for over 30 years. They look forward to working with your business and family for many years and national championships, hopefully to come. Call Chris at 770 442 or send him an email at chris at Bowers, Dot com. Tell them Punt and Pass sent you. You get a $5 gas card. All right. Punt, Pass, and Pick. Week three, Murray, you and I both went two and three again last week. We're four and six on the season against the spread, but now we're getting in to the bread and butter. We're going to pick five games here. The first one I want to throw at you is a game that's going to hit us right in the face at noon on Saturday. It's a top 25 matchup. I love this game. I'm going to be dialed into it. Number 23, Kentucky traveling to the plains to take on number eight auburn auburn is a seven and a half point favorite this game is at noon on sec network i know you're high on kentucky i know terry wilson is back but i just think auburn's gonna wipe the floor with them i really really do a lot of people a lot of people are buying into the kentucky hype and I am not. I am on the other side of it. Kentucky rarely plays well when people are building them up. This will be a rinse, wash, and repeat. Auburn will win by two touchdowns or more. So I'm just going to get right ahead of it and say, Auburn, lay the seven and a half. Aaron, try to convince me otherwise.
1: I, I just don't know if Bo Nix is is ready to be the superstar quarterback right now. Uh, I mean, he had his moments last year, but I still think he's – He has a lot to work on. You know, maybe he did. Maybe he's ready to take his game to the next level in year two. And you usually do see a pretty big jump from year to one year two. So maybe he surprises me and goes out there and takes care of the football. I want to see that his footwork is a little bit more calm in the pocket. I want to see him a little bit more relaxed, a little bit more composed. Um, He does have talent around him at receiver. You got Swartz on the outside, Speedy, uh, and a couple other dudes. They do have a lot to replace on the defensive side, especially the defensive line for Auburn. I like their linebackers, though. they got a couple really good dudes there. I don't, I don't know, man. I, I really like this Kentucky team, um, and I do I, – it's all going to – once again, it's going gonna, it's gonna to rely on Terry Wilson. I mean, you look at him two years ago, I mean, he led him to a victory versus Florida, which is the first time in a long dang time that Kentucky beat Florida. He's, he's a great athlete. Uh, I think he has a pretty good arm, Uh, obviously needs to to continue to work on that part of his game. And and hopefully he did during his year off last year when he was recovering from injury, uh, was able to kind of mentally and and, and physically get to the the shape he needs to from a throwing standpoint to go out there and take that next step. But you talk about the the unique offseason we just had Um, and everything that went on with less practices, no practice in the spring, uh, unique practice situation in the fall. Uh, heading into this first game. I think the biggest thing that we want to see week one for these teams is who can just play fundamentally sound football. I mean, we've seen for the past two weeks, these other conferences play the teams that take care of the football, the teams that tackle and block are the teams that are having success right now. And I think for Kentucky, they're a team that's going to be able to run the football. They got a great offensive line. They got seven guys back on a great defense. Um, I just think that they are going to be able to play fundamentally sound football early on this season be able to block and tackle. And that's why I think they're going to have a little bit more success early on. And that's why I feel like they are, have, to me, the edge in this game. So I'm taking Kentucky. Uh, and, I, and I honestly, I would not be surprised if Kentucky wins this game either. Uh, especially the fact that it helps the fact that they're playing at Auburn Stadium. that's only going to be 25% yeah, filled up. Yeah, that's big. That's it's big. Like, it's not like you're playing on the road. Because Jordan here is a tough place to play. We've played there a lot of times. It's loud. It's crazy. It's tough to communicate. It's not going to be the same environment now. So that's a huge benefit for Kentucky as well.
0: No, you're right. You know, what I'm really thinking about here, and you bring up a great point. I mean, that is a legitimate issue to play in when you're discussing who's going to win. Will they cover the spread? Jordan Hare at 25,000 students or for fans is a hell of a lot different than eighty five or 90,000. It is what it is but i go back to last year week one true freshman bo nicks auburn getting ready and rocking and rolling against a top 10 ranked oregon team in dallas i I think he looked
1: awful until he did the end of the game yeah yeah he
0: really did better hope he doesn't look like that no i better hope so and kentucky look they returned eight starters on offense seven on defense i just think and again call me crazy I think they're going to drop the ball here. I really do. Terry Wilson's going to be rusty. Um, I hear you on the defensive side of the ball. I'll roll with Gus Malzahn in week one. Simple as that. I'm taking Gus Malzahn over Mark Stoops in week one, and they will win by two touchdowns, but seven and is a, a good number. That's a good number here, because it could easily be that one touchdown victory, and you're cashing your bets in Vegas if you got the hook. Next game. I think this might be your game of the week. Mississippi State heading Ooh. to Baton Rouge to take on oh, the he, defending he, champion, number six ranked LSU Tigers. This is your 3.30 p.m. SEC on CBS game. Now, Murray, LSU's a 16 and a half point favorite here. Mississippi State, new head coach in Mike Leach, new quarterback, transfer KJ Costello, who came over from Stanford. The kid's tall, he's six foot five. He can sling it around. You know they're gonna throw the ball. 60-plus times, so much turnover at LSU. New quarterback, new offensive coordinator, new players all over the field. Jamar Chase opting out. Sheldon, the defensive tackle, opting out. Just just a lot of uncertainty. It's going to be a big celebration. Again, only 25,000 in stands. That'll play into it. I don't know. I might have to lean on you here for a little bit of persuasion with this pick because when you look at it, it's a lot of excitement for Mississippi State, and it's a lot of distraction for LSU.
1: Yeah, and, and this funny. I was listening to an Ed O uh, interview this week, and, and he couldn't say Miles' Brennan name without saying Joe Burrow twice. <laughs> so this this quarterback is fighting. He literally, I mean, everything was, oh, well, Joe could do this, and Miles can do this, and Joe, and Joe, and Joe, Joe. And you're just like, oh, God, this kid
0: Here we is go. fighting
1: a ghost right now. He's yeah. fighting a legend. Um, to go out there and try to do what this offense did last year with not even close to the weapons that Joe Burrow had. So this offense is going to take a major dip back. So six and a half points. That's LSU is points. not going to score 40-plus points this game. They're not. It's, it's like, once again, no spring football, limited time in fall camp. You lost your best receiver. You lost almost your, your entire football team pretty much. Yeah. I mean, the not have dudes that are, are not playing for LSU this year that was on that national championship team last year is astonishing. Um, I know you recruit well, but that's still a lot to ask for this kid in this football team. So I just don't see them being that powerful offense, even close to being that powerful offense that they were last year. And then call me crazy, but I'm just, maybe I'm just wishing this is going to happen because I, I really do like Mike Leach and his offense. And I just love his personality. But I, I think it's a great matchup between him and KG Costello at like quarterback. I mean, you're talking about a, a real cerebral guy, a guy that can throw the ball over the park, fits his fits the offensive scheme perfectly he's gonna be able to kind of figure things out find that one-on-one matchup in that area raid offense and then you got like a guy like kylan hill who is gonna be an absolute matchup nightmare against linebackers and safety yeah. so call me crazy but you're crazy I, lo- I i you know i think mississippi state has a chance just like kentucky to win this football game especially the fact that lsu does not have a crazy amount of fans in the stands but you're crazy to tell me that 16.5 points is realistic for a team in LSU that lost pretty much everything and offensive and defensive coordinators. Uh, you just There's too many question marks of me to say they're going to win by 16.5 points.
0: Tons of question marks. You bring up fantastic points. Kylan Hill could be one of those players at the end of the season you're saying, damn, I'm surprised he was able to shine in that Mike Leach offense. But the way Leach will be able to find ways to use him will certainly present Problems. I'm looking at the breakdown right now, Aaron. 52% of the bets are on LSU. 48% of the bets are on Mississippi. 74% of the money is on LSU, which makes you think some sharps are hammering the Tigers because that could be a trendy dog in Mississippi State. This is tough for me. I kind of want to stay away from it. I hate it, but I'm going to fade you here, okay? And I'm going to roll with LSU. I'm just going to say, this first game, and you know what? It may be different, and I'm going to go back to spring football. If Mike Leach was able to have spring football, KJ Costello he would have spring football, get this, and I know he runs the same plays over and over again, right? And that what Mike Leach does? Yes. And He's got five same plays way. that says do it. Um, so it shouldn't be too complicated, but you know what you're going to get. So you know this LSU defense is watching tape from Washington State. You know exactly that they're preparing for the plays that Mike Leach brings to the table week in and week out. I'm just going to say Mississippi State doesn't have the talent to hang with LSU. I agree with you. I don't think LSU is going to score 40 plus. I just don't think Mississippi State's going to be able to have that type of success in week 1, in game 1 of the Mike Leach era. So I'm going to lay the 16 and a half and go with LSU. All right, let's go to the Georgia game. Lots of uncertainty at the quarterback position for Georgia. What well, we think we know But we really have no clue. Number four, Georgia. Heading to Arkansas, 4 p.m. SEC Network. Georgia's a 26-point favorite. That's a massive line. Kirby Smart taking on his former offensive line coach in Sam Pittman. A lot of crossover here. A bunch of former Georgia staffers are with the Razorbacks now. Should be a good game if you're a dog, fan. I don't think there's any issues of if Georgia will win. Mostly, will Georgia cover? 26 is a lot of points here, Murray. Georgia has talent all over the board. That defense is stout. I have a hard time believing Arkansas is going to be able to score much, but then I remember your boy Felipe Franks is at the helm over there.
1: Yeah, um, no no chance. That defense for Georgia (laughs) is going to to suffocate. They really are. It's it's unfortunate for Sam Pittman first start. Um, Obviously, the good thing is he knows – the defense he knows the personnel he knows the strengths and weaknesses on that team and kind of where to hit them if there is a weakness which i don't I, there's not many weaknesses when you talk about Georgia's defense uh those dudes are are, are stacked at every single level so uh the, the key once again is just going to be Dewan. Um, how much does he know the offense how much are they going to open up this offense god I, that's a lot of that's points, lot of points. For, for an offense to me and georgia that i think is going to be very much run, run 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 and let's ease him into the season yep. Um, gosh darn it. I just hate picking against Georgia because I, especially when you know they're going to win. If,
0: I, if I'll if make you feel better, I, I'm going to take the points gonna,
1: here. No, I'm not going against Georgia. It's just, I think Georgia wins this game, but... Uh, by twenty-four. Uh, screw it. I'm gonna say Georgia I'm gonna I'm gonna take Georgia with the points here just because I think Felipe's gonna throw a couple pick sixes. Okay, to
0: so you're gonna lay the twenty-six. You know what? You just I'll made a good 26. point. Cause I'm sitting there going, I'll probably take Arkansas plus twenty-six too. You just said it. Georgia's gonna run the ball a ton. It's gonna be a yeah, fast, not- short game. Arkansas's not gonna light up the scoreboard. I mean, I wanna look at the total right here because I mean, you know it. I mean, the total has to be forty-eight. Right. What would you think? Yeah. I mean, I'm going to pull it up right here. The total I 51. I, I would
1: take the, I would take the under combined for this game. I just don't think it's going to be a high scoring game. I think George's defense is going to do their thing. And I think George is just going to bleed the clock offensively. Uh, like I said, there, why, you know, why put him in a situation to have to go out there and make a bunch of crazy plays, just ease him into this situation. Nice, easy reads, nice, easy throws, run the football, Get out of there with a win. Get some confidence for your offense and let's get ready for week two.
0: Yeah, the total is 52. Right. So yeah. th- th- that's exactly. Take, what. Take, take the under. Take the under. And you know what? I, I guess I'll roll with you here, too. You know, this is just a really good number. 26 is a ton of points. I'll lay it as well. Drew and Aaron both on. The Dogs, minus 26, expect a lot of run, expect an ease of DeJuan Matt that's into the game, and expect Felipe Franks to throw a couple of picks, maybe a sack fumble. He's given up some points, there's no doubt about it. Fourth game, we've got two left. Number 16, Tennessee, at South Carolina, 7.30 p.m. SEC Network, Tennessee's a three-and-a-half-point favorite. I've wrote about this on puntandpass.com. We talked about it on Tuesday's episode. I think this will be game of the week. I think this has potential to go to overtime. I think this is going to be one of the more exciting games of the weekend. And my man, Coach Letterman, at 3 Year Letterman on Twitter, everybody's favorite coach, legend youth football coach, said it best. He said, when you watch this game, you know for damn sure both fan bases are just going to be devastated if one of them loses. They need this victory. They need this win. Each team to start 2020, um, scarily I'm leaning towards Tennessee, scarily I'm backing Jarrett Garantano. I know Coach Bobo and Colin Hill are on the other side, and I thought the funniest thing I saw on social media this week was the picture of Colin Hill, and it said if Jake Fromm and Gardner oh, Minshew awesome. had a baby, he would look like Colin Hill. Hilarious. Hilarious. A ton on the line for South Carolina. Even more on the line for Tennessee. It's just going to be a great game, Aaron.
1: Uh I'm wrong with Tennessee on this one. I, I just think, once again, offensive line, run the football, Um I just think South Carolina, it's just the, the talent isn't there. I'm sorry. I, I love the hire of Coach Bobo this offseason. I think he's going to get that offense right. Um, I think Colin Hill is a very talented quarterback, but this is his first game in the SEC. So, you know, how is he going to react? He's another one who hasn't played a lot of football. Yeah. A lot of potential, but the guy is coming off three straight ACL tears. So Golly. hasn't played a lot. First SEC game. Um, luckily, it's at home. But still, I, I just don't think talent-wise, South Carolina has the same amount of talent that Tennessee has right now. A lot of question marks. You look at Tennessee returning a lot of starters on both sides of the football. Really darn good offense line, even without Cade they there, probably one of the you know, top three offense line in the SEC. Uh, and hopefully Garantano is, is matured and ready to take that next For step. For sure. It's year, it's year two in Cheney's offense, so he should know the offense better. Um, so I'm going with Tennessee with, with this one. I, I think they win... Um, pretty easily, actually. I, don't, I, 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 I'm saying, like you said, Mississippi State LSU to me is the game of the week. I don't see this as as much of a game. I think Tennessee's rolling in the fourth quarter.
0: All right, we're both on the same side here. Vols minus three and a half on the road at South Carolina. Too many question marks. Colin Hill coming off three ACLs. I think Tennessee's defense should yep. look pretty good as well. A lot of ball control. You know, just that exactly what you would expect from a Jeremy Pruitt and Jim Cheney coach team. And I just don't think South Carolina, they've got a ton of transition as well, will be able to put up with it. So Murray and I are both on the same side. One more game. I'm going to let you pick it, Murray. We can either go Florida at Ole Miss, Florida State at Miami. And then there's a top 25 matchup in our favorite conference, the AAC, which is number 22 Army at number 14 Cincinnati. But I'm thinking we probably either stay with Florida Ole Miss or Florida State Miami.
1: Let's think. Well, we'll keep with the SEC. You okay. Know, let's, let's celebrate having the best conference back. Yes. Um, this is an intriguing to me just for the fact that I'm sure Lane has some stuff up his sleeve, some trickery. Um, I still am hearing that John Rice Plumey is not going to be the starting quarterback for Ole Miss. Really? Which is just mind boggling to me. I mean, he's one of the best athletes. Yeah, I'm hearing Mac Corral is going to be the guy just because he kind of fits his system. But okay. I'm still in the belief that y- you adjust to your best players. If John Rice Plumey yes. is your best player, so once again, it's not about the X's and O's, it's about the Jimmy's and the Joes. Amen. Uh, and John Rice Plumley is is a guy that you need you need explosive plays. You're going against a Florida team that has a lot of speed on defense, that has a bunch of playmakers on offense, with a veteran quarterback, a guy that's played a lot of football in Kyle Trash last season, really good quarterback in Kyle Trash. I just think you're gonna need those explosions from him in the run game. So there's gonna be some two quarterback sets. You're gonna see John Rice Plumley play a ton, even if he isn't a starter. Uh, and like I said, I think Lane's going to have some trickery up his sleeve. So I think, uh, you know, uh, our boy Grantham better be ready for it. Uh, yeah, there's, there's the, no doubt about these, that. These guys, and then Christian Robinson, the linebacker coach, ready to uh, defend some of that stuff. But I think Florida's feeling pretty good right now. I guess I think they have a lot of confidence, hopefully, good confidence. But I think Florida goes out there and shows um, the SEC that, hey, we're for real. We, we do have a legitimate chance to take down Georgia this year. So. I'll take Florida with the
0: points. All right, a lot to prove. Florida's a two-touchdown favorite, laying 14 on the road. Murray is on the Gators, which shouldn't surprise anybody. This game is at noon on ESPN. Look, Kyle Trask isn't even the best guy named Kyle on their team. Kyle Pitts yeah, is the Kyle best Pitts guy on their team. That I mean, guy is on, a you, freak. You
1: the receivers, but the tight end, Pitts, what, what Dan Mullen does with, with Kyle Pitts, Baller. And moving him around, that kid is a...
0: Matchup nightmare, NFL prototype Prototype. NFL, like straight out of the Travis Kelsey, Rob Gronkowski, George Kittle playbook.
1: Kittle, yes, the guy's
0: an absolute monster. Look, Florida's going to cover first game, first week coaches without any spring ball. I just can't buy into it. You know, prove me wrong, please. Will Lane Kiffin have some stuff up his sleeve? Absolutely. I'm really surprised to hear you break that John Rice Pumley very well may not be the starting quarterback. You would think he has to get on the field somehow. He's too much talent. Yes, he can certainly talent. pose issues to Todd Grantham's defense and Christian Robinson's defense in a long third-down situation, in a third-and-Grantham situation, move the chains, keep the Rebels on the field. I know it's at Vaught-Hemingway Stadium. We've talked about it. There's going to be limited fans. I just think Florida's got too much talent. They've got too much talent to be just a two-touchdown favorite against Ole Miss, Lane Kiffin's first game back in the SEC. I'm with you here, Murray. I hope we have a good week because we're on a lot of the same sides. It's great to be talking SEC football. I'm glad to be talking to you on this beautiful Thursday morning. You're in the state of Texas. What game are you calling tomorrow?
1: Yeah, I got, uh, it was going to be Middle Tennessee, or no, excuse me, it was going to be Memphis versus UTSA, um, and then Memphis and the, and the party bus situation had to, had to cancel their game once again this yes. weekend. So then yes. they had to pull a switcheroo and, uh, and play Middle Tennessee. So Middle Tennessee at UTSA Friday night. I think it's the only game of the night. So if you're bored and want to watch some football, uh, tune in and watch it, and then I'll be on that first flight back. Saturday morning, 7 a.m., like I said, be on the couch by hopefully 11 o'clock and uh, get ready for some SEC football. I'm going to have all the monitors up and ready to go. I told Sharon, go have a picnic with the girls, yep. go for a run, yep. do whatever the hell you want. Me and little man are watching football all day. I know you don't want to do that, so uh, you should just get your ass out of that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, good for you, my man. Let me just get something certified right now. Your lock of the week is Mississippi State plus 16 and a half, right?
1: Hell yes.
0: Okay, I love that. I love that. And I will be posting my Flip the Field free pick on our Twitter and Instagram, at Punt and Pass. Be sure to follow us. I'm at Drew Butler. Aaron is at Aaron Murray. 11 Check out puntandpass.com. SEC football is back. Thanks so much for tuning in. Have a great weekend, and we'll talk to you next week. See you.